Nice one, Sonny. Nice one, son. Nice one, Sonny. Let's have another one. Nice one, Sonny. Nice one, son. Nice one, Sonny. Let's have another one. That's it. That's all we needed. Thank you, Katrina. There you go. Very welcome. Thank you so much. It's good to see you again. Yeah, you too. You too. I was was it last week? We did last week. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, So it's just amazing how quickly I guess it comes to the fall and time goes by really fast. And there's a lot going on. You got a lot going on, and uh, it's good to have you in the studio. And we're going to be talking about dial valves. Thank you very much. Manufacturing and the product, and everyone knows that I'm a huge fan. And we, I, I think every single job, I'm, I'm, I know for a fact. I think every every job I've done has always been a doll valve. This is way before I even knew who you guys were all about. So now it's definitely going to be the case, right? Yeah, we're proud of what we do. It's a different. Uh, how long you been there? I've been there um, over six and a half years now, kind of close to seven years. Okay, yeah. coming from Ireland. No, you were... No, I came... Well, I, I worked in Ireland before, and then I moved to the UK. Okay. Um, I was in the UK for about seven years in Manchester, and I came from England to Canada. And then were you working in manufacturing there in the UK as well? Yep. Okay. Yep. I've always worked in manufacturing. I've never done one. Why? Work else. <laughs> okay, so why the love for manufacturing side of, of industries? Um... Well, I think that when I was in school, um, there was this kind of year between your junior cycle in kind of high school, secondary school, and senior cycle, and it's called transition year, so you don't really do exams or anything, you get to do work placement and all that kind of stuff. So I have an uncle who was a quality manager, and he got me a job in a factory. And I remember when I was um, down in his house for the summer when I was working in manufacturing, I saw this kind of corporate video he did, and... um, Oh, I just, I, and I, it was obviously designed to be a corporate video, but I saw the manufacturing side of things and the work he did and how he spoke like so passionately about it. And I was like, oh yeah, that's for me. I like that. <laughs> and then I started working in the factory and I just loved it. Did it fit your imagination of what it was really all about based on what you saw? Like you, that's what the world was yeah, all about. Yeah. yeah, it was. And I remember, um, <clears throat> he used to have to come and do quality audits there. So I was on this little workstation at kind of a bubble and I was blooping and gobbing these um, rubber inserts they're used in kind of electrical work, I believe. Okay. And um, I used to be peeking out over the thing, watching him and watching him just kind of engage and integrate with the workforce. And he had such a kind of a charismatic way about him. And like even still from when I started working, I used to always think back to that, about how he was and stuff like that. And he spoke always so passionately about it. And I actually still love meeting him now because we still speak so much about manufacturing all the time. It was one of the things that I really liked as a kid when you had job sites here in Toronto or when you travel and they always put the little cutouts in the plywood, you know, hoarding. So then you could still look inside the job site and see what's going on. And what you saw was a big pit and you had a bunch of workers working away and doing their job and it was a weld oil machine. And it was just, it was a nice view. You know what I mean? Like you just kind of paid attention to what everybody was doing and what, and you wanted to be a part of that thing. I like that kind of feeling that you you discover that. So it's great that you discover that. We're getting way ahead of ourselves. So we got Katrina here from Doll Valves Limited, Doll Valve Limited, and uh, the website is www.dollvalve.com. Uh, and then also you could reach out to her on your email. Sorry, it's a uh, spell. Your last name. It's uh, oh, sorry. Is it Katrina? Yep. Katrina at dollvalve.com. Katrina C. 
Katrina C at dollvalve.com. And then obviously on Instagram, you can reach out to Doll Valve at Doll Valve, or you can also reach out the man himself, Doll Valve Man. Um, I want to talk a lot about the manufacturing, but without divulging too much about your secret sauce, because you guys have perfected that and worked it. But I did like when we were there at the, the plant tour, and I'm always a huge fan of plant tours. I'll, I'll, anybody invite me to plant tour, I'm gone. Like, I'm going. It doesn't matter. You tell me what time and when to show up. Safety boots, hard hat, vest, whatever, I'll, I'll put it on because i i i thoroughly love it's that whole plywood yep. hole in the wall like i want to peek and take a look at behind the things. curtain yeah totally it's totally what it is so it was fun to see you there and walk you through and it was good to get a sense of six six and a half years that you got started there how it has dramatically changed quite a bit like doll valve is it's not that they were not doing things properly then it's just you basically have helped bring it even further into the future. So it makes me wonder where else is it going to potentially go from there? Like how much more innovation are we going to get in there? But I know that you started the whole tour by going through the entire facility and starting at the raw material. And it's just, it's funny and not funny at the same time where you're seeing this raw material and this is what turns into the valve that we install on the job site, but we think nothing of it until we actually appreciate that raw material, right? And I love that you guys were bringing in a certain material from different parts of North America, and it starts from there. So if you want to walk us through a little bit how that works. Yeah, I think that there's um, a kind of a misconception in manufacturing Canada in general, but even for a doll, um, people probably believe that we're kind of more assemblers. So yeah. we buy parts from different manufacturers and then we put them together and there's not this product the at the end no. not the end and no that certainly isn't the case so every the finished product that plumbers will install or anyone has in their home actually all comes from all the parts with the exception of maybe the handle but all parts are manufactured there from brass rod that we buy from the united states and we have a department where we machine everything we have a lot of skill and a lot of um really great people who work on the machining side of things, you know, and we have lots of different technology that support the different types of machining that we want to do that supports all the products. That was one of the aspects of the, um, um, the, the changes that we made was looking at different types of machine, look more, looking at more flexible machining centers to give us that level of flexibility in what we wanted to do. Um, and we, this is a supply that basically runs through our factory that makes valves at the end yeah you know and we we went as we walked through we walked in the different types of assembly operations that we have for making the valves we have depending on the volumes of valves they travel through one different process as opposed to another and over the course of the last few years we've kind of we've transformed a lot of things that we've done and um the reason, the whole goal behind what we were doing and the massive investment that Dahl made in new capital equipment and stuff was basically all driven by trying to service customers in a faster um, space of time, integrating that levels of flexibility into your processes and doing what Dahl, I think, has always done. I think Dahl has been built on a culture of um, um, working for service plumbers. I think it even started to exist because... I think Mr. Usby saw a need for valves that weren't being manufactured by other people. Yeah. So, you know, it's been always really important, the customer. And I think that that funneled down to the current owners, Thomas and Yannicka, today. And I've never, I've never worked in a industry or for a company that's been so passionate about their customers. The end user. Know, absolutely. It's, it's, 
Whether it's a homeowner or a tradesperson. It doesn't matter. Yeah. They live and breathe what, what people want, what the customer always wants. When he was on the show, he was, I, I remember him talking about that, that original messaging. It just, and it's, it, I guess, in all fairness, you don't really see that much in today's manufacturing of other kinds of industries where it's, there isn't so much attention put on that end user. No, 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 no. Like you, like, as you would know, we supply our products to wholesalers and yeah. retailers, but there's so many levels underneath that. Like we also, our customers are also the plumbers, but our customers are also homeowners. Yes. You know, there's lots of different levels that when you look at customer requirements, you have to anticipate feedback from all these different areas to really service the industry as a whole. It's, it's, it's genuinely a mom and pop shop mentality wise, right? Where I think that, especially in construction and tradespeople in North America, but I think this also crosses over back to Europe and other places in the world, that there's a level of respect when you start making products or servicing the industry and you address the end user, you address that, that plumber or that homeowner. And if there's a problem, there is always going to be problems. It's construction, but you address it and you speak to them and you don't ignore them and you don't push them off. You actually just keep on problem solving and trying to figure out a resolution for it instead of ignoring them and saying, well, that's not our problem. We're too big of a fish and we don't even want to deal with it. We'll, we'll lose that sale and leave it at that. You guys don't look at it. You treat it as if it's a small person and a big person. You treat them the same. You'll speak to them the same. You'll handle it the same. You, you've hit the nail on the head. That's absolutely the way that it all functions. It really doesn't matter. It, it, it re- and you know, Without um, any business, it doesn't make any difference if there's no customers, there's no business. Yeah. But it doesn't. It really doesn't matter to Doll, the big, the small, the indifferent. They see um, every customer as valuable to them. And, you know, they, they want to influence the trade. They want to make things easier for the trade. Yeah. Um, and it's important, like, for manufacturing. I was actually watching a... Um, a, a series... Well, it was a documentary on Netflix... And it was called Poison, I think it was, Poisoned. Okay. But it was about food and food manufacturing in the U.S. And they went through this. Um, oh, that must have been heartwarming, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they went through this, um, like, these, some of these disasters that happened in relation to um, poisoning outbreaks and stuff like that. But there was a lawyer um, who was fought for a lot of families who have been impacted by this. And he spoke about manufacturing. And he said that, when it comes to manufacturing, and he was specifically talking about food, um, but it kind of outreached to all types of manufacturing. He said that people who work in manufacturing don't see the end user. They don't see the, um, they, they just see products. Yeah. And I found that really, really offensive because as a manufacturing professional, that's not what the way we, we see things at all. It, it absolutely isn't yeah. like, we, as you quite rightly pointed out, we make fouls. But I've worked at Dahl for nearly seven years, and I never once thought we make fouls. In my head, we're making products that protect your home. Yeah. That's the way it is. It's not just simply making fouls. And um, we wouldn't be able to put the levels of passion and care into what we do if we didn't see a kind of a human side to it or there's a high, well, higher purpose to what you do. You have to see that. Regards, you'll never be able to be passionate about what you do. You'll never be able to strive to be better. You'll never have that, um, the desire to listen to your customers and, and make a bigger impact because you have to be able to see that kind of bigger picture. And that's the way I always look at it when, um, and 
we, we talk about at work and everyone's engaged in it is that every time those we make a valve that gets installed, we're helping protect someone's home. Because I don't necessarily think if you, um, I think everyone understands if a fire was to occur in your house, the level of devastation that would be. But I don't think people really, until it happens to you, understand the power of water and the devastation it, it can so lead true. to as well. Yeah. Um, you know, and insurance is going to cover replacing your floor, replacing your but sofa. Why go through it? You wouldn't have to, but you're never going to replace the painting your daughter did when she was four years yeah. old or that picture of you with yeah. your grandfather after your first hockey game. Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately, until it really happens to people, I don't think they really understand it. And that's kind of what drives us is that we do understand it. We do understand the importance, and that's what drives us to make the best quality product we can. I think you guys understand the, the gambit of emotions, whether you're a tradesperson or a homeowner, and you're installing the valves for the very first time and you've had the water shut off and now you're putting the water back on and you're going from the source to turn it on and then you're hearing it fill the, the system, you're energizing the system. And then you have all this fear if there's a leak somewhere and that fear is just building as you get to each fixture and you're trying to take a look at it, you have a light and then you wipe it clean and then you pass a finger on it to see if there's any water, any leaks or whatever. And then now all that fear and all that emotion just quickly changes to a positive when you discover that there is no leaking going on. Everything's sealed. Everything's good. Everything's all good. And now we don't have to worry about it. But it's like there's no better feeling than being a tradesperson, getting underneath a, a cabinet and seeing a bone dry cabinetry. We've seen water damage. We've seen all kinds of effects of things that are not been done properly. But it's just I, I, I love how there's such a spectrum of emotions for tradespeople and what the work that they do and it's it's brought to a certain high and it's also brought right back to level headedness where it's like okay yeah i did everything proper and i've used all the right products and everything's good so now i move on to the next one and you move on to the next one so yeah. you guys are so conscious of all those emotions that we're going through when we're doing a job yeah absolutely and we understand the important role we play in part of that chain it is like, you know, a lot of times when people use products, consumers of any level, they never really think about how it's no, made. No, no, they don't. But as manufacturers, we always do. You know, we're always and we, we at Dahl in particular understand the important role we play in that chain and the important role we play for plumbers. And, you know, it's, it's our job to provide the best quality products we can. So you get you have confidence when you install and you you install a doll valve that, you know, you're not going to get a leak. No. You can come back and the valve will turn. I, I love that when we were going through the um, uh, the plant there, and, and I noticed one thing, as much as that you guys had a lot of new technology there, and, and it was like, it was literally like you're walking in one section and you're walking into the future, and then but then other sections, you still have machines that are working perfectly well. Everything's creating the products that you need to create. There's probably a little bit more sweat equity attached to those manufacturing process because um, they need upkeep, they need maintenance, they need all kinds of stuff. But what I did notice is that it was mostly older people handling those older machines. And I started wondering what's going to happen when these people, as skilled they were, and they were very nice when you're walking by and they're working away and they're, they're nodding their head and they're smiling and they're enjoying their problem solving as they're maintaining things. But it got me thinking, what's going to happen when that person is ready to retire and now you're bringing somebody new in that's younger and how that landscape is going to change in the manufacturing process? Are we getting a lot of younger people getting into the manufacturing plant process? Um, I would say absolutely we yeah. have. Like, I think it's important... Um, 
to kind of educate people on the, the benefits of careers in manufacturing. I think there's, in media, it's kind of portrayed as this dead-end job. You work in with dirty overalls. And, you know, if you ever see it in movies or anything, I think the most recent um, movie I saw um, reference to manufacturing was a movie with Sandra Bullock where she'd just been released from prison. Was the only job she okay. could get was working yeah. in manufacturing. And that really isn't the case at all. Manufacturing is a completely safe environment. It has wonderful pay, benefits. Um, manufacturing is an area where, you know, technology that becomes commonplace always starts in manufacturing. 3D printing, AI, robotics, automation, all of these things that, you know, we see, wow. You know, it's been around manufacturing for years. Um, even steam engines, engines before they were used in transportation were used in, yeah. in, in factories. You know, it's a really cool place um, to work. And, you know, as technology changes, your requirements change. So when we were doing the factory tour, we had, when we were looking at the machining side of things, there was some machines that I had spoken to you about and they require really high skill levels. Yeah. Um, we identified this as an issue um, some time ago and we have been able to recruit people and we have, we have two people who work in the machining side of things that are just, oh, they're awesome. Like in terms of the knowledge, it's but a their craft. ability to yeah. teach people is wonderful. And it excites them as well. You know, this is, this is another thing that's really good about working in, <coughs> in manufacturing. And there's a lot of them are, um, employ a lot of employees. So you always have that ability to train, teach, mentor. And we have found some really excellent staff who have come to us with absolutely no experience. But we're able to marry that with people who have that level of experience that are good mentors, good teachers. And, you know, that gives us the kind of contingency that we need in terms of staffing that, to continue the work that we do with even older technology. And it's kind of been the flip side as well for um, the older generation with the newer technology. We've had people at, um, that have worked at Dahl for two decades and, they, they're, and they've built valves for two decades and God only knows how many valves they would have built mm. in their whole career. Um, and they've been doing that same job for such a long time. Now they've been on robotics courses and they're homing robots. And, you know, that's one of, another advantage of work in manufacturing is that it allows you that career advancement and to a little bit of variety in your work and to develop your skills and to understand things more. And I think that overall the staff at Dahl has, has really embraced the changes that have happened over the last year. And they see the benefits of it and like from even... Um, their, their new skills that they've developed. And I was talking to one of our employees and um, she, um, oh, she's awesome. And she's worked at Dahl for about 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like she just excelled when the new equipment came in. Like She you, embraced it. Oh my God, she's awesome. But she's a very, very smart woman as well. You know, but she came to Dahl and she didn't really have any formal background or anything in manufacturing or in this kind of work. And she started running one of the machines that was kind of, a, it's an older machine now, but at the time it was relatively new. But um, her ability to troubleshoot that machine now and, you know, she she was very... Um, when, we, when we spoke about some of the changes, and I've spoken to her loads of times, and she... She, she was worried and concerned about learning new things and her not being good at maths and stuff like that. And I, I just showed her an example of the work she does today. And I said, you think that isn't maths? 
Yeah, that's exactly. You, you're it. thinking. You're thinking of yeah. when you were 16 in a classroom and you had someone teaching you algebra or something like that. This is what it is. Yeah. And you know, she has. She's an example of someone that's just an awesome employee, and she has embraced it so much. But she has learned so much as well. So it's a win-win for all of us. And I think that the staffing in general, like I said, they've really embraced it. But in return for that, we've been able to teach them new skills and we've been able to help them develop their careers, whether they continue with Doll for the next 10 years or they go on. We're equipping them to have better careers in manufacturing. So so you've got a big task ahead of yourself because as you were mentioning on the tour, then we were walking around that you're constantly looking at how to innovate or move forward or improve. And even though you have new toys in there and people are adapting to those new toys, you're still looking at the line and where else can we find more efficiency? Like when you gave me some of the numbers about, you know, so many years ago this machine was doing this and then now today this is how much we can produce. And I'm like, this is just insane. And and does it get to a point where it's like too fast, too much? Or will it ever be that way? Or is it just... Are you opening up the idea that the plant can grow because there's going to be more products for the market? It's a little bit of everything. I, yeah. I do agree. You you can um, steady growth is where you want to be. Yeah. It's the ideal situation. For a lot of companies, that's not the way it happens, though. But you always want to prepare yourself. So the way I see my role in operations is to support sales. It's to support the sales. So they're the guys and girls that are out there meeting people all the time. They're meeting the plumbers. They're looking at what the market is, um, looking at the next big thing or where there might be gaps in the market that, you know, we could help and we can assist and we can um, develop products that are going to help that. And my role is basically to allow us to have that ability when the time comes to to meet those needs. You know, it, it always is... you. Um, any opportunity can be a good or a bad opportunity, right? But I always feel myself that if I can prepare us to be ready, and what one of the, the key roles that we spoke about during the tour was flexibility, having yeah. that level of flexibility. I don't know what the future holds for Dahl, um, but if we can, if we can perform, um, provide the, the support for the sales and the marketing people that we need, I know that we'll continue to support plumbers and plumbers needs for a long time. I know that you probably didn't experience this, but they would have definitely experienced that transition between complete copper valves transforming into copper and then PEX valves and other types of valves that are coming into the market. Do you, do you have a grasp of how that transition worked out for them? Because that would have been something that they saw coming, that the whole industry was changing regarding how plumbers were assembling uh, places, uh, job sites and things like that. So was that a, a challenge for them that you've heard? Because I, I don't think that you had any part of that. No, I, I wouldn't have been. I, I think that different types of end connections on plumbing valves pretty easy for a doll to to, to modify they, to, they yeah. really are like i go back to it again they have an uh, an incredible amount of talent in engineering design and in um the machining side of things i do know of um one of the biggest challenges for them as a manufacturer was the shift from leaded brass to lead free brass Mm-hmm. That was probably one of the biggest challenges that they had as a manufacturer because of the difference in machinability of a new um, alloy like that. 
Um, and I know that that was a challenge for them. But is there, I mean, is there still comp- competition out there that's still not doing it completely let free? Or is um, that a mandate now from the government? We, we, have, we have a mixture of both. There okay. is some things in heating applications okay. where... That you're allowed, yeah. yeah. You don't need lead free um, But the vast majority of valves, is plumbing valves that we produce, will be um, lead free valves. I know that, uh, I mean, you guys are right here in our own backyard. You guys are in Ontario. You're literally yeah. not that far from where we're recording right now. And that building's been there for I don't know how long it's been there now. I think they all moved into that building in 1967. And I guess my question is, like, does the government or do businesses or do organizations recognize that such a well-respected, good-quality product is in our own backyard? We should kind of be giving you guys a high five. Does that happen? Do you guys get any kind of credentials where it's like, okay, good for you guys. Like, thank you for feeding our infrastructure feeding our manufacturing like do we do you guys get any i'm like i'm hoping you say yes but i don't i'm anticipating maybe they don't we like when it comes to manufacturing in canada and being here and being part of the community in mississauga um we get a lot of kudos from plumbers that are proud to buy canadian products and but that's really the extent that's the extent of it huh? yeah and you know i don't think people really and maybe this is um, work that um, we have to do marketing ourselves as well, is that, you know, we are here as part, we're not just a Canadian brand, we're in Mississauga, we're part of the community, we're in the heart yeah. of the GTA, yeah. you know, so. Right off the highway too. It is, <laughs> but even even when, like, you know, you're having conversations with people and they ask you what you do and you say you work with all, like, they're kind of surprised that you manufacture in here. here yeah exactly and if and you you know where the location is it's so um it's very visible as you travel along the you see it yeah exactly yeah. but sometimes people don't recognize it what they recognize is the big yellow building beside it <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what true, catches yeah. their eye always but i feel like there should be a massive billboard on top of your building just saying yeah we're manufactured here yeah. right here <laughs> yeah <laughs> to let people know but it's just it's it's like i think you're right that a lot of tradespeople have a fondness like a respect for that totally they see the extreme value and it's not even it's not a matter of a price point or whatever they just say like and i know the majority of trades people have been on the show and the ones that i've spoken to through all kinds of connections on social media it's that quality and customer service that's going to always trump everything else it doesn't matter if the dollar figure of the product is is higher than the competition it's that quality and customer service 100 percent. and i think customer service is an area that we absolutely excel in. and going back to yannick and thomas it, it it's it's non-negotiable yeah we, we have plumbers who come to the um the factory to see if we can help them you know and never be turned away if there's ever and this is something again that comes from them if there is ever anything you can do to an assist a plumber you will you know and that's that's one of the things like we're if you call doll you pick the phone is answered in miss saga yeah. and it's it's not just a head office it's it's where all the decisions are made. It's where manufacturing occurs. It's where um, engineering happens. It's where quality happens. It's where our customer service is. Everything you will be speaking to the um, the building where decisions are made. I loved during the tour that 
Listen up, guys. If you love top-line products and are interested in a dealer opportunity, you're going to want to hear this. I recently installed a box gobbler wall insert from MB Sentinel on the garage wall adjacent to my front porch to make a secure locker for my package deliveries. Let me tell you, the user experience is pure freedom. I can now make returns right from my home and I don't even have to be there. Even knowing what it was supposed to do from the get-go, it still made me smile when I experienced my first delivery. If you want to see the scope of work the install requires, you can find the video on my socials. So check them out, mbsentinel.com, or call them directly for dealer details at 1-800-910-4251. And again, that's 1-800-910-4251. There was bins of different products and how when you see the, vin the finished valve, you see one thing. But you don't realize that, like you said earlier, that everything is manufactured there except for the handle itself, but everything is manufactured. And when you're talking about everything, you're talking about, you know, three-eighths, half-inch, and three-quarter, and, and then versions of them, whether they're PEX or copper, all kinds of stuff. But then you start to see the different components, and now here's a, here's a bin of this component, here's a bin of this component, and then they're all assembled together, and you're just fascinated that's that's how it's put together. So you have a lot more respect. And I definitely encourage all plumbers, all tradespeople that are in in the industry that are curious about it. And I'm sure you guys would be open. You, you do tours for groups of, yeah, of trades out there, right? Yep. Because you want them to understand that this is literally homegrown, made here, designed and manufactured here. And then they'll have a different appreciation for it. Oh, right? plumbers love the tours. Yeah. They really do. And I think that, you know, as you you've been through it now yourself so when we started with the raw materials is even seeing the the brass bar that's possession um designed for us where you see yeah. the and you're like the first thing they notice is oh yeah i can see a doll ball <laughs> through that yeah that's really cool and then we go through and we go through machines and you pick up a part and they go oh yeah that's a copper part or that's you know they you put it together yeah yeah and yeah. you can see their minds are going and they're like oh this is really cool because it is and I don't think, I'm sure a lot of plumbers know it, but like you guys make loads or miles and miles of plumber's trap in. Yeah. Like you make do. all yeah. kinds of plumber's trap in and the way it's made too is just, you're like, okay, there's the raw right there and, and then there it is coming out and, and you're like going, yeah, you, I don't know how many people actually know outside of the industry that you guys make yeah. all this plumber's trap in. Yeah, it's, and that's one of the, um, one of one, the first products I think that Dahl made. Is it? Um, yeah. I think, yeah, it's probably from the 60s, I believe. Um, and, you know, it's... There's lots of good things from the 60s. Yeah, clearly, <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't know, but... <laughs> um, no, you're way too young for that, but that, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, again, it's probably the best one you can buy. It's, it's, it's true. It's, it, it is, and, um, yeah, we, we continue to to run it out, and it's still a lot of demand for it, and it's it. I think a lot of um, companies have copied the design, that was original. I think that is probably the original. It's flattering. Absolutely. As long as you don't cross any legal lines yeah, or whatever, no, it's no, flattering. It's All you're doing is just like you're helping the industry. But again, this yeah. is something that probably most of our competitors get from offshore, whereas, you know, everything is, again, done in Mississauga. So made there. I, I'd All love our raw materials, like, you know, for that, come locally too. Really? Huh? Yeah. Which is another, that's what I keep on going back to. I mean, it would be nice if whatever, you know, Pierre were to walk by and just say, I need to stop at Dal Valve just to kind of shake your hands and just yeah. say hello, right? But uh, I would love to see more of that kind of coming from the powers that be and just saying, we want more of this. We should have more of this in our own backyard. Like, wait, I think every country should be doing that. Yeah, I think manufacturing is, is so important to a, a country's economy. And I, I, I was, maybe it was like a year, like I was reading... I think um, 
manufacturing only contributes 11% to Canada's GDP. It should be a lot higher. Yeah, it should. Like, if you look at some of the European countries, like even Ireland, for example, it's up near 40%. Wow. It's, it's a, a, a manufacturing in Ireland is huge, or the UK or Italy. Like, Italy is really a, a very popular manufacturer when it comes to brass and stuff like that. So Canada needs to step up a bit. Yeah, yeah, there is a, so much, like, you know, and I, when I had originally spoken to you, I was was talking about education and yeah. university courses and um i started looking at them and there were so many of them as well you know so the education is there the university courses are there now gearing people towards manufacturing and obviously it's a big country yeah so there's plenty, there's of, plenty room. of room for everybody there's plenty of room absolutely but what and you want to do is you want to attract people that are going to come in to actually come up with really great ideas yeah. to advance things i mean that's what you're doing and anybody else that's coming on board as well and and you guys are how far ahead in the future are you guys looking at? I mean, you, you've been there almost seven years, but I'm sure on year one, you started thinking about stuff seven years into the future, if not even further. So it, what's going on today? Yeah, actually, um, you know, when you did the tour and you saw the new equipment in assembly, yeah, um, I drew that out on the in the quality department like about a year after I started. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like, so you always have to kind of think um, and, you know, for, for us an organization, strategic planning is really important. And it kind of, it comes from where the company intends to go. And that filters down to me and we say, okay, well, we need to be prepared to go from A to B. That's where we expect to go. So we got to prepare ourselves and these are the challenges that we think that um, we're going to meet or these are the gaps that we have now that we need to um that we need to go through but it all has to come from what we believe the market's going to be yeah so you're still you're doing two folds here you're paying attention to the end user and what's happening with the market but then you're also looking at what's currently being manufactured and developed right there to sustain that but then you also have to anticipate where is the future going to yeah. go where are things going to happen like i mean is plumbing in HVAC and all those other kinds of details in, in a structure going to dramatically change in the future where it's going to have to change you guys a tiny bit as well? If industries kind of like that, there isn't one big moment of change, I don't think. No, it's, it's more slow. an evolution yeah. and it's slow and stuff like that. But as long as you keep abreast of what is happening, like you, you will have time to, and you will, you will have time to accommodate that the changes and it's important too. like I said some of the the areas that we made changes in in terms of equipment or machinery have greater levels of flexibility that's one yep. of the keys for them is that it doesn't just machine this part and this product and that's all it can do it's we the investment was made to say that this can do what we need today and it will be able to do what we believe we'll need tomorrow as well. And that's what you guys do really well. And I see it like I because I pay attention to those little moments that you guys are actually asking questions of the end users. You're actually speaking to the plumbers out there. Well, we had a Tell meeting us. yesterday um, with four, I think there was four plumbers there who came. And you guys were picking their brains and just asking them what's going on out there, right? Mm. But it's, and I bring Absolutely. that up. Absolutely, we're not in an ivory tower, you no. know, ab above like thinking, well, this is what's going to happen. We can't foresee that. It's, it's so important. And I, again, I go back to this comes from, I'm sure, Mr. Usby, right through Yannicka and Thomas. They're so passionate about the plumbers, so passionate. And, you know, speaking to them constantly, I think is really, really important. I think there's a lot of missed opportunities where you have much larger 
plumbing related construction companies that create something and i'm going towards i guess the design aspect of things where there's such a fascination and an emphasis put onto the final faucet fixture not understanding that doesn't work unless water gets to it yeah doesn't matter how it works right like it's just you can make it as beautiful as you want but if the if the components underneath or behind are not done correctly and put together assembled correctly that fixture's got nothing to do with it so it's just i i find it really um, a lost opportunity when these larger companies, and I'm not saying larger companies, but I'm just saying other companies that focus on the aesthetics and design and homeowner and, and tugging at the heartstrings about the beauty aspects of it. I've always said that when I see the underbelly of a cabinet and I'm seeing proper assembly of fixtures underneath their water supply lines and it's done all nicely and clean and you take pride in it and you're putting flanges and everything's all nice and proper. That's just as beautiful as the flexure on top. Well, yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, and you know what? It I think that's where Doll really has a can service the market. I don't think people really understand the extent of all the products that we have. Um, we have so many products that how can. Many can you share how many SKUs or or do you know of? <laughs> we have across the board. We have a couple of thousand of finished goods SKUs. That's insane. Yeah. yeah. It is. Yeah. And I think that, you know, maybe that's work that we have to do to get that message out. Um, but, you know, I've seen underneath sinks where they've used multiple different manufacturers' products. And then I've seen where they've used doll products where we've integrated like water hammer resters into valves and stuff like that. Just looks so much cleaner and yeah. nicer. And it is pretty. You know, we were, we were at a show, me and my boss, Don, um, not too long ago, and we had a plumber come up and he he showed us the work that when he went into it what it looked like and there was just there was valves here and there was t's and different adapters and all of that and he he loves the product and then he showed us the end of the work that he had done and he'd used all doll products and it just looks so nice what like it makes me think what makes a proud plumber like what is it about that plumber that trade that will go that extra mile, which in my opinion, when you're doing it from scratch, when it's starting off and you've got two stub outs or whatever it is, the scenario, it just takes as much time to do it properly as it does to do it half-assed, right? So what makes, what's the difference? What What is it that sets apart that tradesperson, that plumber, that they want to have the initiative to actually do it properly and, and leave it uh, and thinking, you know what, underneath the sink actually looks a lot better than the sink. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I, I can't really speak for plumbers, but um, what, what I have found since, and I, I'd explain to you, this is the first time I've worked in manufacturing, supporting construction industry. I'm just blown away. Like in speaking to plumbers, I'm just so blown away by the passion they yeah. have and the pride they take in their work. And not to <laughs> offend them in any way, shape or form. I never thought that would be the case. But they are so, so, so proud of the work that they do. And not only that, they're also thinking about the next person who has to come along. Yes. I'm going to leave. Very it's much. not about like, oh, well, it does look pretty, but it's kind of awkward to get to now. They, they won't put in those solutions. You know, they are always thinking about it. And um, it, it, that, that has really impressed me. And that's what kind of makes me more passionate about what we do. Because it's kind of like this perfect marriage. It's like you have on one side these plumbers that are so passionate about what they do. And it kind of motivates you to be 
just as passionate or more passionate about what you can produce for them to make their jobs easier. It's just kind of, I think that you get a lot of plumbers out there, and I agree with you that what you just said there is that they think that cabinet is their complete geography. So they'll just run in a line and just loop it and just slap it and put it all together, where there's an opportunity to actually pin it and secure it and design it and keep it as nice and tight to the back and accessible for the future because anything that's in construction has a service uh, component attached to it. At well, some we, we point, have the same with manufacturing, you know, when we're designing those machines. One of is, the important yeah. aspects is how yeah. do we maintain it, how ease of access is it to the maintenance crew to get in if there's a problem or we have to change something or you're doing changes from this part to this part, the setup. It's all about access because you have to think about what happens when it doesn't work. Yeah, and that's going to happen. So then you need to get someone to go in there to figure it out instead of someone that's going to come in here and just rip it apart and either try to start from scratch and then create more of a fiasco at that point. So it doesn't serve anybody's purpose at that. But you're you're right. And I'm not diminishing kind of any other trade out there. Mm-hmm. And there's that little stigma between plumbers and electricians, and they can continue doing that all they want. I know lots of great Irish electricians that do really well. Uh, and they have the mm-hmm. same passion. They have the same interest. They want to clean. Like yep. it wasn't too long ago where I started watching Sparky's just like perfectly line up all the lines at a panel. You know, versus that, I think back in the 70s and 80s or whatever, you had guys who were just doing piecework and they were just, it became a dog's breakfast and it was just spaghetti and it was just, it's not organized. It's just, it makes you not want to even service that in the future at that point. Yeah, in, in it doesn't matter what job you do. It, it can either be your craft or not. Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't matter whether you work in a restaurant or whether you're an electrician, whether you work in manufacturing, it, you work in a ski resort, it doesn't really make any difference. If you want to that to be your craft, you put that level of passion in, and you really care how it every looks. day, every yeah. every job, every day. When you start, sure, there's life. We all got life. Some things are going on, right? So, but I mean, you can show up on the job site, and you can show up one way, or you can show up another way. Absolutely. And then you can do that craft. I totally agree with you on that. So it's really important. And I think that uh, there is a lot of guys and girls out there that are doing amazing work oh, for God, their craft. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's kind of as much as I say negative things about social media, there is still a lot of pride. You'll see a lot of people who actually show off when they finish and, and they take. And I know that the homeowners probably look at it and they're going, why are they photographing the cabinet underneath yeah. there? And I don't get it. Well, are you not seeing how everything is plumb? Everything is lined up. Everything has a flange. Everything's pinned correctly. And it's bone dry. Yeah. <laughs> And it's accessible and you can work with this now. And then now you have got more space to put all kinds of stuff that you want to put in here if you ever wanted to put stuff in here instead of this just being a mess inside this cabinet. 100%. And it's, it kind of is the same driver of things that we do, which is why, again, manufacturing is such a really cool place to work, is that you make something tangible. Like, you know, that you have something at the end of the day. If you work in an office or you work in banking or something like that, you're money and you're working with numbers and all that we actually make something and then we know that that is going to go into something that's even bigger and it's going to be part of something that's even bigger like your washroom is it um are are you seeing doll and and in the future i know that the facility itself has grown like you've taken more um square footage there yeah there is extensions put on um i think the most recent one was in the 90s Oh, so that's a, okay. So that's still what, like a long time ago, basically. Yeah. 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 For everybody who was born before then. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, are you guys also thinking about expanding even further from there and trying to get into other aspects of the industry 
or contributing, I guess, because there's lots of components like we see about manufacturing and you guys or other manufacturers are comp- contributing to other industries and giving them their components and, and so on and so on. Is Dow going to go that, that route? I don't believe so. I, I think that there's lots of opportunities right now on our doorstep. I did mention that. I don't think people really understand the catalog of products we offer now. Insane amount. So it, it really is. And, you know, if their we mindset's were to get either that, straight or right angle. That's yeah. their mindset. No, it's a little it, more than no, that. No, no, no. Well, there's so many variations <laughs> around from that. But um, if, we, if that message gets out and, you know, we're, we're going to become very, very busy just in the wheelhouse that we're in right now. And that's kind of, I think, the focus is to really kind of get that message out. So here we are. We're here. We're in um, Mississauga. We're part of the community in the GTA. We have levels of customer service that are unmatched in the industry. We make a quality product that, again, my belief is is unmatched as well in the industry. Um, and these are all the product offerings that we have. You know, and I think that that's, you know, that's a good message to get out there for the company because I think that there's a lot of people out there that, you know, are trying to solve plumbing solutions and we already have that solution. Um, I'm sure that you think about this as well, too, you being in manufacturing. How do we attract more younger people to get into these industries as much as that we're in competition of all these other glamorous career options out there out there when I'm talking about social media and things like that. But how do we get more people like we, we can continue talking about, we lost 200,000 trades jobs in the last five years or whatever, and only 40,000 were replaced, you know, currently. So we're still under by 160,000 and that number, that gap is still growing. I can only assume it's the same thing for manufacturing where not a lot of people, young people are getting into that segment or that industry or trades or whatever. Have you had any thoughts about how do we attract the younger generation? I think a lot of people, younger people, get into manufacturing not by design. Yeah. They need they need a job and then before they know it they're in this career twenty years. You know, so there wasn't a really conscious decision to get into it. But I really do believe that there's a couple of things and I think I've touched on them um, as we spoke. But the people really need to understand about it. And that needs to be communicated, whether it's through schools, universities, different programs that manufacturers of Ontario do, is that there's so many benefits to working in manufacturing. Like I said, um, you know, even just from paying benefits, you know, some of the um, manufacturing companies have wonderful benefits. It, the pay is really good. Um, it's a really safe place to work. Now, you're not in these oil stain covered overalls in a depressing state. But the ability to grow your career, I don't think, is communicated enough. Um, regardless of what educational background you have, when you come into manufacturing, there definitely is room. If you find the right company, there definitely is room to grow and expand. Like, you know, there's different departments, the quality, engineering support, validations, is um, supervising, there is tool, tool management, tool making, there's machining side of things there's so many supply chain um planning yeah there's a whole machine there's so room many, there like there's a there's a whole thought process going on in there yeah and it, it you know again another great benefit of it is is the amount of technology it sees yeah you know it is like you as you would have seen as you went through the tour you're seeing robotics you do this is really really cool stuff it's not that you're thrown in a corner counting widgets 
You know, that that's it, not it, the... That, not a single component of that entire facility was that. It wasn't oh. just you're another cog yeah. in the system. It's not. It wasn't that. I, I think a lot of young people just need to stop looking at this as a job yeah. and more as an opportunity. And that goes for manufacturing trades. That goes for anything. It's just if you're already going in there as, with a mindset of like, it's just a job. I'm just going to go in there. I'm just going to make a paycheck and I'm just going to make some money and then I'm going to get out. That's it. No, why not look at it as an opportunity where you can contribute? For me personally, what, one of the things that I really like about manufacturing is how you integrate and work with different departments that you it's I, and I think it is very very unique you know if if you're a service plumber and you go to someone's home and you're fixing a, a, a washroom or whatever the case may be um you go there you leave um there's people who work in your construction that you know when they're there as plumbers there's also the electricians there yeah. there's the general contractors there's lots of different the hvac people there's lots of different and when i talk to people like that they enjoy that level of um kind of community you're in this little community you're all working together on the same project and that's what work in manufacturing is like you know we there's a huddle the guys um have every single day and it involves people from customer service all the management team customer service engineering quality production maintenance everyone um because collectively you all have to work together because once that order comes in or that phone um calls that doll it triggers an event that yeah. touches everyone. And that's how you basically, I know that Thomas sh- shed some light on it, but that's how you guys handle when there is a problem. When someone does call and contact you guys and go and listen, there, something happened, something failed, something didn't work out well. And how do you guys handle that situation? Like it just, it's the ball starts, right? Absolutely. And, you know, every um, incident that's, that gets reported to us is taken very seriously. The first thing for us is, providing plumbers with what they need right now. So whether it's replacement product or whatever we can do to make the situation better for them right now, um, that's the first protocol. And then the investigation starts. How did this, how did things happen? Um, You know, and our goal as manufacturers is you don't want to wait for stuff like that. And as you said, things, when it comes to people, machines, there'll always be issues. There'll always be something that gets through. But, the real goal for manufacturing for me um, and the evolution of doll is to is to proactively look at where things might go wrong as opposed to waiting for that phone call or waiting for that email that said this is what happened. And I think that the way the the product is designed and changes that doll have made over um, the course of the last 20, 30 years in the mini ball, um, which is the kind of main staple of the products that they um, provide um, they have taken that mantle and they've made some significant changes to that that have made the product better and better and better and i still think there's probably there's still there room is, yeah. yeah there's Absolutely. still room I, I i will say that i do have one complaint with doll just one complaint right and and anybody who's not a plumber will kind of i think understand what i'm talking about here because what i do love is that you'll get other trades picking the brain of a plumber because everybody's got a home and everybody needs yeah. to do some work and everybody's hopefully got some friends or siblings or what have you and they need some work done as well. And and my complaint is that the packaging, the logo is a little large that doesn't matter how you push the valve in and around the packaging area, you can never get a full view of what that valve looks like 
for a non-plumber to look at that valve and go, okay, this is the one that I need. And so what happens and what I see is I see a lot of non-plumbers just rip open the package to get to the valve to see it. So they go, okay, this is the one that I need. But you got to put your mindset into the head of an electrician having to do some plumbing at their work, at their house or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're being asked to pick up this valve and they're not sure which exactly one it is. So then sometimes you got to slide the valve in and around the packaging and, and see if you can get a full view of it. And sometimes you can't get the full view of it just because whether there's descriptions or there's instructions or yeah. there's all kinds of stuff on the packaging. That's the only, I mean, I'm sure that Thomas and other people are probably rolling their eyes and all the, and all the plumbers are probably rolling their head and going, listen, just read the package <laughs> on the package it actually says what kind of valve it is well but not every everyone understands some of the terminology yes. that's used on because it is directed as as to tradespeople. so what you um, have to do is make the packaging i guess larger but that doesn't make that doesn't solve the problem that doesn't not make necessarily any sense. if yeah. the bag was bigger it didn't <laughs> well anyway it, it, you know that's the thank only you problem. interesting that's to note i'll, I'll that. take a note of that no no don't change it i think what you have to do is you just have to kind of just read it and oh, understand it. I wasn't it. Um, committing to changing it, but <laughs> I committed to listen to it and to understand it. And, you know, you, it's any um, feedback you get in relation to your product or what you do is valuable, you know, so it's important to take it on board. And it's very, very, very rare that only one person experiences something. That's true. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure if... Is if that the first time that you've heard someone say that about the packaging? Yeah. Really? Is, yeah. yeah. I'm, I might it's be not the first. It's not the probably the first time someone said it, though. True. I wonder. Yeah. I'd be. I'd be curious to find out if I've. No, interesting. If I love, like I love, no, I. I <laughs> it's stuff like that. I love getting feedback on. Um, it's 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 really. I'm thinking about it. I'm now, all right about now. the logo and make it yeah. bigger and all kinds of stuff. But when you've got a clear package and I yeah. want to see the valve and the, and then you just get a little frustrated. And I'm like, I'm gonna open up this package yeah. now. But then it might not be the right one. And now you. It, it's not a coincidence that in retail, in particular, we do see a lot of bags opened. <laughs> I'm telling you that's that's the reason because you get a lot of non-plumbers who don't understand what kind of valve they need to get, but they want to see it, and then they open it up and damage the package, and then you're dealing with that, right? Yeah, I went to um, Home Hardware once, and um, I saw one of our valves, and someone had clearly opened the the bag, and then they decided to. <laughs> home hardware someone else decided to they would staple, staple it back to the end so i was looking at that and i said oh god i can't have our brand looking like this so no. i just had to take it and buy it still <laughs> have it at home <laughs> it was it was a it was one of the more expensive files as well unfortunately i maybe i've one of the quick grip there, you ones. know what that's kind of funny that's actually kind of like that was their solution to kind of solve that problem and it wasn't the best solution but then that's what was done. Yeah. Well, uh, there was only, I don't think that's a commonplace thing. <laughs> no, no, Someone no. just had an idea one day. Well, thankfully I saw it and I was able to purchase it and get it out of. Is it, I know that doll, you guys only are North American, right? Um, or Canada and the U.S. Canada and the U.S., right? Yeah. So, and and then there's no, like, it doesn't, does it make sense for you guys to get across the pond there or it doesn't? I, I think that the, like, I've touched on this a couple of times. I, I think that for us, we, we have the ability to continue to grow in Canada. I think that getting that message out there about the products that we have. Um, and the U.S. is such a big market. That's kind of where the company is focused on now. Okay. Is that, you know, when we spoke about growth and trying to do that in a more systematic way is 
will lead to greater success, I believe, for the company. So I think that the markets that are available to us right now, it's not to say it won't happen in the future. I, I don't really know. Um, I don't think anyone knows what will happen in the future. But right now, I think there's opportunities that exist that we're kind of really focused on on our doorstep. Does it make sense that Ontario would be the primary market for you guys? Yeah. I'm, I'm just assuming because, I mean, the bulk of the country population-wise is right here in Ontario. So I just assume that there's probably the majority of work that's happening is here. But you guys are still selling and servicing product yeah. in all the territories, all the provinces, and then going all over the states as well, too. Yeah. Um, I think Ontario is our biggest market, but it's the biggest population as well. Yeah. Um, but, you know, th- there still is ability for us to grow. Like, you know, people are still surprised that we, people don't know we manufacture here. I said, well, you know what, though, I wouldn't, even before construction, I didn't think that you guys were, and it wasn't until I got into construction that I realized, but that was just through networking and speaking to people, and then meeting someone like yourself or somebody that worked for Doll, that they would just, why don't you come to the facility, it's manufactured here in, like, Mississauga, and I'm like, yeah, and you step back. Of course, you step back. It's like we're the best kept secret. Yeah, but you, more and more people. <laughs> well, now we need know. to get out and shout loud and proud, you know, and just let it happen. Yeah, absolutely. Are you guys also getting your product in in like Hawaii? Is it going as far as there, or is it just staying in the main? No, I don't think we have any product in Hawaii. There's some locations in the U.S. where we're kind of focused on. Okay. Um, just the coastal areas, like the east and west coast. Um, but again, massive potential to grow. Like. We're a kind of an unknown entity in, in many areas in the U.S., um, but plumbing standards are the same. Like, we've gone to shows in the U.S., same level of passion exists and stuff like that, so there's a massive opportunity for doll products there to to um, make the work lives of plumbers better, I think. And I do like that, and I think you mentioned that this happens to every single product that's made at the facility. It's date-stamped. Yeah. So if there is a problem and yeah. it comes in, you can go back to that, that assembly section of it and see if there's any other faults in that line. Absolutely. Um, every valve that um, is manufactured in the facility gets pressure tested. So when it leaves the facility, we understand that it, it performs to the standards it is. And then the second thing that happens is it gets um, laser marked with a date code. So if there is an event where we have to do a product recall, like I said, I've been there seven years, you've never had one. But yes, we have that ability to go back and look and and identify if there is any other risks for potential customers and we would have that and we would have that ability and we would certainly communicate to people before they had problems yeah and as much as i love the robotics of manufacturing and you guys have it there you have a mix of both and things like that but there's still something about a person Listen up, guys. If you love top-line products and are interested in a dealer opportunity, you're going to want to hear this. I recently installed a box gobbler wall insert from MB Sentinel on the garage wall adjacent to my front porch to make a secure locker for my package deliveries. Let me tell you, the user experience is pure freedom. I can now make returns right from my home and I don't even have to be there. Even knowing what it was supposed to do from the get-go, it still made me smile when I experienced my first delivery. If you want to see the scope of work the install requires, you can find the video on my socials. So check them out, mbsentinel.com, or call them directly for dealer details at 1-800-910-4251. And again, that's 1-800-910-4251. Handling manufacturing over a robotic. Like I was looking at the robots and 
Sure, it was perfect every single time. Perfect, <laughs> like he was. Well, robots come with their own problems. Oh, as do well. they have? Oh, yeah, okay. of course. Yeah, they're <laughs> not perfect. You know, I think everyone has this. Ah, oh, they don't call in sick. They don't do. Anything. <laughs> you ever seen a robot crash? <laughs> like, oh, really? Yeah, huh? yeah, of course. Nothing. And then That's you got to start figuring out. That's major problem solving at that yeah, point. Yeah, it's 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 all fun. It's all part of the yeah. But there isn't that romanticized kind of vision when I'm looking at it going. Yeah, they were hitting the right mark every single time, grabbing in a certain pressure, yeah. dropping in a certain way. I don't know. There was just not that old school kind of way of looking at it where it's a person handling it. But it was just weird. It was different. But you would have seen, um, as we walked through, there was a person who works with the robots as well. Yes. Yeah. And that's funny you that know. someone still needs to kind of baby them and take care of them. It doesn't matter what automation or um, machines you have in your facility. Um people are always going to be your most valuable asset. Like you need them in so many ways. Like automation was designed to remove a lot of dangerous and monotonous jobs. Yes. It's never designed to replace how great people are, about how much they know and um, how they can engage with the work and stuff like that and their attitudes and everything like that is so important. And you would have seen as you walk through, we still have people who valve manually, um, yep. It's dependent on the type of valve that they would make. But, yeah, it's it's a really good hybrid that we have at Dahl, I think. And, you know, that, um, keep going back to it, that flexibility allows us, again, to, I think, service plumbers in the best way possible. And, and I encourage anybody, plumber-wise, to go there and, and actually insist on doing a group tour and yeah. get in there. And there's a section of the facility that you'll be blown away. It's kind of in the middle, and it's like the tools that you guys have, like the precision tools that are being used and how neat and clean and organized that whole facility section of it is, I guarantee you every single plumber that walks in there is going to be in awe. Like their mouth will be open, I guarantee you. You guys almost want to videotape that. They'll just be looking at these because I was looking at these bits and these pieces and I was like... You almost want it to be in your own shop and you have yeah, it and you be the owners of it. But it's like you respect it enough that it's been taken care of. And it was, I think I asked you the question when we we're going through it. It's like a valve that was made decades ago still is the exact same size today yep. because of all this tooling and this machinery. And that's a person handling that, yep. taking care of that and being so finite about the, the, the actual details of that tool. Yeah, when it comes to machining, you know, we're machining uh, tens of towels. Insane. You know, it, it really is. Like, and it, we, we've become specialized in machining. Like, we really are. There's a lot of manufacturing companies out there that just do machining. You know, we're a valve manufacturer. Um, but we, we are, in terms of the people we have and the engineering support that we have on that, it's top of the line. Like, you know, the precision that we have, the, the knowledge people have, the passion they have about the machines. And as you would have seen, we have so many different types of machines yeah. now. Um, and that's been good for some of the people who've worked there for a long time that, you know, only worked on certain machines. Now they've been exposed to, you know, five different types, different types of machines. They've learned on them and there's different toolings you need for all of that. And there's different levels of pre- precision required. And, you know, we're always looking at different types of machines for the job. And that was one of the things that we spoke about is it's, it's not necessarily if the machine can do the job. It's, is it the right machine for the job yeah. today and tomorrow? And then speaking about getting into manufacturing and getting into trades, there's that whole technology side of the business. Mm-hmm. 
Like there's there's individuals that are designing these machines that are coming up with the capabilities of the machines that are contributing to this industry that is actually the end user is construction. So technically speaking, all part of the supply chain. Exactly. Yeah, they're all part of this really cool chain. And um, one of the machines that you would have seen when you were there was specifically manufactured for us um, in Italy. Yeah, and I remember that one. In yeah. the middle of um, COVID, we were there. But this company, oh, it, it's, it really is, oh, if you ever get a chance and you wanted to see it, I would recommend it in terms of a factory tour. They manufacture from scratch all of these machines, specifically wow. designed and, um, and manufactured for each customer. Um, it's a, right now, it's a two-year process from you start the sign the PO to when you'd probably get your machine. But, oh, the equipment they have there. They had, and you would see in some of the machines you have, certain like maybe 16 tools yeah inside the machine and um there was machines that they had there and they had hundreds of tools on spindles so they, it, it was so big that they had to dig out the floor to allow the <sighs> tools to go it, it was mind-blowing it's really cool so but it's again endless. they are part of this whole chain that yes. we talked that is going to end with a plumber and construction work and they're not See, it's funny that they're not looking at it as a job. They're looking at it as an opportunity. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. there's a task at hand here and they're trying to problem solve and get it to the end user here. So then if that machine is helped. And when you told me the numbers between the old machine and this machine on the amount of manufacturing that was going on based on the investment in this machine made so much sense when you guys sat down and looked at it, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, it, you know, it was a big investment, um, but I, in my opinion, it was 100% the right investment. Not only that, the quality is um, same or better than we've ever had. You know, it's a consistency. You know what you're getting, and that's the beauty of manufacturing. When people say sometimes, you ever, like you spoke about people getting into manufacturing and different jobs that are more glamorous. If you're trying to advertise a job, people say, hey, um, oh, I love it because no day is the same and every day is different. In manufacturing, that is the nightmare. You want every day to be <laughs> the same. Like manufacturing is meant to be a repeatable, predictable um, process time and time again and the beauty of it is you have all these really talented people that are involved in that and when people aren't off firefighting and you have this repeatability and you get the same results day in day out these people are now totally focused on improvements how can we make it better how can like i use my skills to make it better you have a really talented team of people that are totally focused on that and plumbers our end users are the ones that are going to benefit from that as we continue to make improvements to our processes, to our products, and design more products to meet the needs of the plumbing market. But the, the amount of work that goes in from yourself and from the team to get to that starting point and then have it just run smoothly until you decide to start all over again and get to a new starting point... There's a lot of work. Oh, incredible amount of work, yeah. yeah. Like I said, the you, you've seen the equipment in the assembly area, yeah. and I said I was there a year when I drew that out in um, on a board in the quality department. And when yeah, was that um, implemented? That How long did it take from the time you were actually <laughs> sketching it out and coming up with the ideas? Sketching it out would have been 2018. Um, we got the equipment in 20... We started getting it in 2020, the end of 2022. 
it takes a while. Yeah. But there's a lot of problem solving and up and oh, up and down and, and like okay. and it's never it's never just about machines the goal of what we were trying to do was <coughs> excuse me was change an entire culture as well you know it wasn't just about taking this machine and we're going to replace this machine it was about the processes around it it was getting all the people to start thinking a different way it was about the people that were going to work here the new skills that they needed to develop um, how we could help them, how we were going to advance um, their careers, about the different attitude we took to maintenance, about taking pride in your equipment. And it was about health and safety and 5S and cleaning areas and making sure that, you know, it was a safer working environment. It was it was a better working environment. It, you know, it led to better results for our customers. And most importantly, <clears throat> it allowed everyone to be involved in it. It wasn't just me and the engineering department and everything was hush-hush and surprise, here, look, there's some new machines. It, it, was a, it was a task that involved so many people at so many levels. Yeah. Of course, it has to be driven by someone generally to lead it, but so many departments were involved in that and every single one of them didn't have to be dragged along. People were excited to be brought along and the amount of initiative they were able to show. And that has kind of acted as a springboard for what we're trying to do at Doll in terms of continuous improvement and stuff like that. Like they've seen the company invest in different areas that make sense. So when they have ideas on things that can improve, they know they will look at different options that are out there, things that will make things easier for the staff in their jobs or allow us to produce better quality products or um, get products to customers faster. And they have that initiative and they know the process and they'll go through a process where here I recommend that we do this and it's going to reduce the throughput time to allow us to get product from A to B quicker and stuff like that. And instead of you know one person drawing something on a quality board, I now have a team of about 20 people that think the exact same. Yeah, that makes some sense. Yeah, I get it. I wanted to ask you, do you think manufacturing will ever get to the point where it's just going to be a bunch of machines and then just the human component is just going to be maintaining the machines? Or are we going to actually just push out the entire human component attached oh, to it? Oh, absolutely not. No. No, you still That'll need never. that. It still has to be a part of it. Of course it does, yeah. And for, for a number of reasons. We're a manufacturing company and we're not some... There's different types of manufacturing company that make things and they go into different products, but we're a brand. Yeah. You know, what's really important for us is, you know, that human element of the brand, the service and stuff like that. So we're a little bit different in, in terms of that. But no, there, there will never be a point in, in my life in manufacturing where it'll just be shit loads of robots around yeah. and just one person running around and doing that. People are still there. Like if that was the case, it could happen tomorrow. Actually, it, it would have it, happened. By it would have, yeah, it yeah. would, it would have happened. There would be no. But I think that most organizations understand um, what human beings and what employees and loyal employees and engaged employees can bring. It's their their ideas, their their um, desire to improve, good work, the culture. Like no one wants to come and be the only person at work. No, it like, doesn't. It's we you would have seen. You're, you're right, totally, yeah. because we've seen, especially in manufacturing, the technology is there, and construction in general. Like there wouldn't exist any more mom and pop shops at all. But there's they're thriving. They're doing really well, and they're competing against big players out there that uh, have tried for one way or another to try to push out the mom and pop businesses. Mm -hmm. But I think that that human component 
is so extremely valuable that I guess the bigger entities don't understand that component or don't want to appreciate that where you guys look at it differently, where that's what you guys are driven towards, which is really important. So that's why, and I agree with you that I don't see it just being a bunch of robots and the human component is just servicing the robots. No, I think it's going to be a mix of the both worlds working together to, to strive to make better products that will last in the market. Right. Yeah. 100%. It's human beings are there for their intelligence. You know, you don't need human beings to take this and put it there, back and forth. There probably should be a robot who does that. Human beings are there for their ability to think. That's They'll always be, and I maintain this, it doesn't matter what technology you have in your organization, your greatest asset will always be your people. So if you've got some plumbers listening and they want to actually do a <laughs> tour and get a hold of you guys, how would they go about just, just call? Um, yeah, I would. Um, if they're on Instagram, I'd reach out to Dal Man, man himself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He'll, he'll, he'll totally yeah. set it up and he'll yeah. rub it up, right? So. Yeah, we, like I said, we, we were just engaged um, in a meeting with um, plumbers yesterday. So we enjoy that. I like. It'd be funny, you know what? I'll encourage because I know they listen. Just get a bunch of electricians to go and do the tour. See what would happen there. <laughs> I don't know if I'd be ready for their <laughs> questions. <laughs> I don't know if they will have any questions. I don't understand where the... Co- they'll be like, why is it all brass? Where's the copper? Yeah. I need to see some copper, but... Katrina, this has been great. Thank you so much. I mean, oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. I'm a fan. I'm a huge fan of, of just this knowledge and just I'm, I'm, ba- I'm the kid back in the little square cut out in the plywood looking into the pit and just going, what's really going on here? And then you get the opportunity to be down on the floor there and be a part of it. And then you're like, you contributed to it. That's all I care about is like, okay, I had a hand in it. That's all I, I, I think that's what a lot of trades people are all about. Yeah. They just had a hand in, in changing the industry, contributing to the industry, being a part of the industry. And then they will they can look back and drive by certain homes that they worked on, certain parks that they use, and, and just a skill set that they... Pride in your work. Huge, huge amount. We got to do the 12 questions. You ready for this? Yeah, I didn't know about <laughs> this, but here we go. They're generic questions. I just want everybody to know that. Doll Valve Limited, and it's uh, www.dollvalve.com, and you can reach out on uh, Katrina C at dollvalve.com, and also on social media. The two handles are Doll Valve and also Doll Valve Man. Uh, what everyday sound brings you joy and comfort? There's no particular sound. Um. The only sound I hear every day is bloody alarm clock. Um, that doesn't bring me really joy or comfort. Um, uh, I would say my dog when he runs over when I get home. What kind of dog is it? A husky. Oh, he's a husky? Yeah. Oh, so he's uh, a cappella and uh, Canadian Idol and he's a singer. <laughs> he's actually one of those um, is he a quiet pretend husky? huskies. Yeah, he doesn't. There's never a peep out of him, really. That's yeah, he's never that, howled or anything that's like odd. that. Yeah. Something yeah. going on there. What's he's your, odd in so many ways. So. What's your, how old is he? Seven. He'll be eight in February. Oh, he's still a puppy. What is your favorite beverage? Beer. Any particular? Um, I like Michelob. I like Steam Whistle. What's your least favorite tool? Don't use a lot of them. They don't use a lot. No, I don't really use tools. There's no tool that you come across and go, "This tool's useless. It doesn't make any sense." Uh, No, I think of something at at some point. What tool do I use? Just say Dewalt multi-tool. Multi-tool. What what one? (laughs) (laughs) What turns you on creatively? Ah, improvements. 
What word or concept do you find overused these days? Synergy. What's your favorite curse word? Fuck. <laughs> What's your favorite vehicle? Anything in the world? Any mode of transportation? Oh, plane. A Airplane, plane. because I'm going somewhere. Get going somewhere, that's yeah. why. What do you miss from your childhood? Um, going to visit my grandmother and my great-grandmother at the weekends. We used to do that. What term or phrase resonates with you, uh, with the core of who you are? What are you all about? Ireland. Beautiful place. If you could master a, uh, master a skill outside of your own expertise, what would it be? I'd like to play the guitar. Have you tried? Yeah, my wife plays. I have no musical <laughs> at all. I'm just useless. <laughs> giving up. That's not true. My accountant just took up piano playing like four or five years ago. And he's my age, right? So, And he's always calling me up and playing. Uh, I don't think me. it's an age thing. I think it's more to do with you S just... Uh, skill? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> given up um, if you could speak to one historical figure who would it be and what would you ask it can be anyone who's anyone. dead anybody anybody um, oh. I think I'd speak to Mother Teresa I always thought she was a kind of an interesting woman um, and uh, the thing I'd ask her is what drove her to do all the work she did. That she did. Last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at those pearly gates? There's the bar. <laughs> That's all you need to know. That's yeah. all you really need to know. Katrina, thank you so much for being on the show. Pleasure. I'm thank so you. glad that Thomas connected us and he's the one that first made the suggestion. So I really appreciate that. And then got it's to been meet fun. you, thank you. Yeah. and then doing the tour and, and, and just getting a lot more insight into doll now and finding out. Uh, and, and it's just like, it was really nice to be at the tour and just having everybody say hello, just a nod or smile, say hello. It was just like, you're walking around, you're a complete stranger, you're a fly on the wall. And everybody was just so nice. Just greeting a complete stranger that's yeah. what i like to we're lot proud of what it. we do so totally you Good. see it yeah. you totally see it so thank you so much katrina all right thanks mate we're out of here angelia